Oh, yeah. Solid song, Duke. Outstanding. Is that one of your top queen songs, Schlemmer? I like it. Which would be the number one queen song for you? Number one queen song? Oh, probably Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, yeah. Uh, just, one, you, one you can sing along yes, to, you know? Yeah, I just want to mention again, uh, Sports Central is trying to change lives through sport, and it's kind of wrapping up at the end of the month here. Dave Semenko's put a lid on a kid campaign, so it's all about kids in northern Alberta, and Sports Central supported by the uh, Oilers Community Foundation. Uh, the Dave Semenko put a lid on a campaign. It runs up until tomorrow, I guess. And it's trying to help kids with new helmets to ensure that they can enjoy sports. So uh, if you can do something, uh, just check out sportscentral.com uh, or dot, dot .ca, pardon me. Uh, so, actually, it's org, sportscentral.org. It's one of the three, I guess. Eh? <laughs> if you try CA, it doesn't work. Try comma, it doesn't work. It's org, sportscentral.org. And uh, $50 covers the cost of one new helmet and uh, it's a great partnership, and hopefully, uh, you know, you can help out some kids that need some equipment in our uh, city. Sports Central does a great job, eh, Schlemmer? Yeah, yeah they, do, they really do. Uh, I know I always play in the Specs tournament for Sports Central there, and uh, Dave's been working with them for a long time. Mm-hmm. A lot of good things. And Dave Schlemko is powered by Cougar Paint and Collision, our family helping your family for over 40 years. Check out Cougar Collision. Oilers taking on the St. Louis Blues tonight. The Blues lost in Winnipeg last night 4-2. The Oilers now three points back. Uh, Vegas in the Pacific Division standings after Vegas beat Toronto last night 6-2. Let's go back to uh, the Oilers' uh, last game with L.A. on Monday night. It feels weird to have a Monday night game, first of all. It does. Now now the week seems like it's longer for some reason. (laughs) I don't know. Um, We've talked about Evan Bouchard at nauseam. You and I, uh, since we started six months ago, the good, the mm-hmm. bad, and sometimes the ugly. And uh, when you were watching him on Monday night, uh, give us your assessment of his play. Is frustrating to watch, huh? <laughs> so he, he can he can really wow you. He's like super elite offensively. He's he's an X factor in the ozone, right? Just uh, he's one shot away from making a difference and. He makes some really good reads, uh, jumps into the holes at the right time. Um, you know, he, he's playing with two of the best players in the world, yet he has a great shot selection. He has an overpass to those guys. But then you get him in the D zone, and it's mm-hmm. you're just <laughs> really just looking for something more, right? Like yeah. just a little bit of, Will a that little come? Bit of urgency. I, I don't know. Um you know, I I've been trying to get Jimmy Playfair on the show. I haven't been yep. able to get a hold of him, but um, I remember listening to a, a Spit and Chicklets a couple of years ago, and Jimmy coached him. Obviously, had him uh, as a D coach in Edmonton, and I would just like to get a little bit of inside information, maybe on kind of like what makes this guy tick, and like what is he what is he like? You know, because mm-hmm. <laughs> he seems so kind of relaxed and aloof on the ice i'm wondering like is that just kind of his his personality or is can he ratchet up the intensity Mm -hmm. (laughs) can he be more urgent or is that just kind of the way he is i don't know um offensively i don't think that you can ever say that he's um can he be more selfish maybe shooting and instead of you, like, and you mentioned it, he's not afraid not 
to pass it to Connor and Leon, yep. where a young player, and maybe a year or two ago, he might have went, well, I better pass it to those guys. Exactly. I don't want to get them pissed off at me. Right. But man. now... Is he? Is he? He's well past that. He's well past yeah. that. I think he's. Uh, he's got a great shot selection, and now that's what opens up room for those guys to walk, like McDavid. Now he can pick up the puck off the flank and walk it all the way across the ice, mm-hmm. you know, east west, because that forward's way out in the lane on Bouchard because he's a legitimate threat to score from there. Kevin Carey's David Schlemko, Sports fourteen forty. How would uh, when you were playing? Um, one-timers, I mean, yeah, certain guys were good at it. Now there are a lot of guys that are good at it. Yep. Where do you rank his? He's up there. Yeah. Um, he reminds me of, like, John Carlson a lot. Got mm-hmm. a big heavy bomb from the point, and, you know, he was he was a guy that went through that same kind of thing where when he was young, he was always sliding it over to Ovechkin a little too much, and then they started cheating on that, and he started shooting the puck, and they're like, mm-hmm. holy, this guy can really bring it, and he yeah. starts scoring a bunch of goals. Can he get how, – what will it take? And, again, you, you'll have a discussion maybe with Jimmy Playfair. Hopefully we can get him on. And it would be interesting to see his take about Bouchard's evolution and how he has evolved All right. in his time here. And I think it's safe to say he's making less egregious errors than he was at the start of the year. Would you say that? A hundred percent. Okay. But I think you could say that about all everyone on the team. Yeah, okay. Right? That's true. But having said that, Schlemmer, a lot of these, and we've talked about it in the last, you know, this week, I, I was always saying there were certain elements of the game, the Oilers game at the beginning of the year, were creeping in. Yeah. And then on, after, after Monday, well, you know, after the weekend, I said, actually on Monday morning, I said, they have crept in. They're not just creeping in. Yeah. They have crept in. Now they reverse that against the Kings. They stopped a lot of things. Yeah. But yeah. they have to continue that. So uh, in particular with Bouchard, how does he take that next step, that next evolution where if you call him a 50% defensive player, now he can get to 60 or 70? Yeah, I I think it's just taking that pride in that part of your game. You know, everyone always loves working on the stuff that they're good at. Like if you're... If Bouchard has a great shot, I bet he loves ripping one-timers after practice, yep. but he's not going working with a one-on-one with a guy in the corner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's not fun. No. but uh, Engagement drills are not fun. No, and, you know, once you're... Once you got a few years in the league, uh, you know, the coaches aren't making you do that stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. And which he plays a lot of minutes at night, but, you know, that's that's something that he could do to, you know, really round out his game. And, you know, f- for myself, that's something that I had to do, especially not to get a super big contract like he's going to get. I had yeah. to do it to stay in the league, right? Um, and that was one thing when I had Jimmy, he really focused on with me was my play away from the puck and really growing into that two-way defenseman not just an offensive guy that's kind of why I'd like to just pick his brain a little bit on on where he sees like you said kind of the evolution of uh, Bouchard yeah I mean again the the other thing with a shot and we've talked about this a lot uh, at least 50 percent of the time it seems like it's all around the poster crossbar give or take and I mean People don't realize how hard it is for if if guys wanted one timers to go in all the time, top corner shelf and inside the post, there would be guys that scored a hundred goals in this league. It's too difficult 
everything has to happen correctly for you to have that happen where you are picking the corners all the time. But his, oh, yeah. his accuracy on the one-timers is it's pretty, it's pretty incredible. Good, yeah. Honestly, like, yeah. And unless you're w- walking straight downhill into a one-timer, it's usually pretty hard to pick your spot, right? Mm-hmm. You're usually just trying to get the puck on net to beat the goalie into yeah. position on a one-timer, but he, he can pick his spot pretty good. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. What, what is the, tell us, tell the listeners how tough it is. A one-timer where you want to get to a certain spot, the percentages where you're going, okay, I'm going to pick a corner the size of this notepad. How tough is that? And what are the percentages to do it consistently? Oh, it's pretty tough. Pretty mm-hmm. tough to do it consistently. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of variables that would come in, I guess, like where the pass is, how hard it is. But uh, if you got a if you got a perfect pass right in the wheelhouse and you're trying to pick a top corner, it's pretty tough to do. Yeah. All right. Uh, when we come back, are you in or are you out with David Schlemko? Favorite. Uh, the Duke has really fired some ones up. I mean, these are. This is again. He's. This is a. This is a three or four in the morning sitting up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, with probably... I was out, uh, I went out for uh, an order of wings last night with uh, an old buddy of mine. Where'd you go? Uh, OJ's, Tuesday yeah. Tuesday wing night. Nice. Oh, okay. So that was uh, actually a happy accident. It wasn't planned out that way, yeah. but just went out to uh, catch up, have a few beers, sat around, mm-hmm. chopped it up, had some wings, and then I get home and, well, oh, I want to go to bed, but I can't. You got to do in or out. I got <laughs> I to <gotta> rack the <laughs> depths of my brain. You should have done it while you're having beers. <laughs> yeah, ask your buddy. Uh, that's coming up right after the break. Kevin Carries, David Schlemko, Sports 1440. Stay with us. It's almost like it's Feel Good Friday, Duke. Two days ahead. Playlist Friday, too. That's a that's a fresh fresh cut here on the morning show. Every day, every day's Feel Good Day. Yes, when, <laughs> when I'm in this studio with you guys. It's, that's it, right. That's a fresh cut, though. We've never had that song before. No, I don't. Uh, we've played uh, some Foreigner, pretty good mix, but I think that's probably the first time for that one. Yeah. That's, no, that pun, was, no pun intended. That's an yeah. old, old... I, is that off the Jukebox Hero album? After That was an uh, unbelievable... That's a great tune. Unbelievable I saw, album. There was like a, a... It was called Jukebox Hero, like a Foreigner kind of like tribute show at the Jubilee I saw a lot of years ago. That was unreal. It was yeah. so cool. Do you know uh, Lou Graham was the lead singer for uh, Foreigner? And I think most of our listeners know who Gord Stanky is. I worked with Gord for 25 years. Yeah. And Gord's a big-time musician. Like, you know, he's got... I, I actually named the band for him, Gord Stanky and the Big Stein Band. Oh, yeah. Didn't he ride his motorbike to oh, work, too? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He had a big Harley. Yeah. Yeah. And anyway, uh, Lou Graham was... Like, you know, he's out doing solo stuff. This is about, I don't know, 10 years ago. And I can't remember where they're playing, but Lou Graham's playing. And, and Gord Stanky's opening up for him. Oh, yeah. So That's cool. It was really cool. But everyone came in and they started listening to Stanky play. And after Gord played, everyone left. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was no one left to listen to Lou Graham, unfortunately. Too bad. But uh, all right, it's time for Are You In or Are You Out? Okay, okay, you know what? Moving too fast. Bottom line, are you in or are you out? In or out of what? No time for questions, just action. In or out. Well, then I'm out. I'm sorry, Jet. Actually, you're already in. Are you in or are you out? On Sports 1440. I thought you would go, I'm in, Bob. We would have had a really cool moment, but uh, you kind of ruined the whole thing. All right, Duke, letterbox. 
one year ago, this day. Matias Ekholm acquired by the Edmonton Oilers, a move that has obviously paid uh, dividends both in the immediate and longer term. Uh, a great move, great success by Ken Holland, but not his best as general manager of the Oilers. Well, you know, he's a defenseman, right? So do you want to go first or you want me to go first? You, you go ahead. Okay, I'll go first. I mean, this was just a hell of a trade. I mean, you look where Tyson Berry is right now, not playing. You basically, I mean, substituted a good portion of the salary in or out. You had to give up Reed Schaefer as well. Gave up a first-round draft pick. Schaefer, as we talked about earlier, is having a little kind of a, you know, it's his first pro season. He's in Milwaukee. He's played about 46 games. He has four goals. Takes a minute. It takes a while, and he's still only 20 years old. Great trade. Unfortunately, no, it's not his best move. And that is Zach Hyman. Signing Zach Hyman, who has now 27 goals in his first year with the Oilers. That was by far six goals better than his best year in Toronto. Comes back last year with 36 goals. Comes back this year, he's got 38 on the cusp of 50. Still four more years at five and a half million. That is Ken Holland's best move. Yeah, I, I can't really argue with you there. It's hard, it's hard to argue with the Hyman signing. I do have one dark horse, though. Question for you. Okay. Was Holland the one who signed Leon Dreisaitl's contract? No. No. Okay. Because no. I think that's... Eight years at, what is he, eight and a half? Yes. That's a pretty unreal deal. Do you want to have a quick little <laughs> chat about that? Um, when Leon, before, okay, when Leon signed that contract, before, uh, right around Christmas time is where Leon took off. And then they had the phenomenal playoff year in 2017. Before Leon took off in the second half, at the start of that year, Leon's camp went to Peter Shirelli and said, we're prepared to sign a long-term deal eight years at six and a half million. Wow. <laughs> and Peter Shirelli said no. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what happened? Well, Leon went lights out for the rest of the year, was the best playoff performer by the on the Oilers roster that year by far in the two series against Anaheim and San Jose. Now they went, oh, oh how does eight and a half sound? Okay. All right, here we go. <laughs> Great. So you could add him at six and a half. Yes. And that's unreal. And I think uh, the next contract for Leon will probably be substantially, <laughs> substantially more. Uh, but yes, uh, Zach Hyman was my uh, my choice as well, Kevin. Way to, way to sniff yeah. that one out on me. But uh, yeah, the Matias at home trade looking, uh, looking trade, very, though. very good Great as trade. well. Uh, Connor McDavid scoreless in 10 straight games, but... 23 points over that same span, uh, multi-assists, and I think it's seven straight now as well. Uh, tonight against the St. Louis Blues, looking to avenge their uh, more recent loss to the same club. Connor McDavid will have two goals tonight. Well, I mean, he's gone to sarcasm in the media talking about mm-hmm. this, so I'm, I'm going to say in. Um, I think he busts out with two tonight just because he's sick of us losers talking about <laughs> it. You think he busts out for two? Ah, I, I'm going to be in on this one too. Yep. And man, it was in the building on Monday. Holy cow! I don't think I've ever heard more people more people yell "shoot," and they yell "shoot" oh, a yeah. lot. <laughs> yeah. But on and, that, and on that goal, if he would have taken the shot instead of passing off to Hyman for the one timer, I would bet 
pretty well everything that Gavrikov would have got a stick on it. Just because the way Gavrikov was defending him and coming in, by the time Leon or uh, Connor would have loaded up and kind of had, because he would have to take the puck a little bit yeah. from outside in, Gavrikov would have got a stick on it, would have deflected over the net. Instead, nice pass, nice goal. Yeah. I think he makes the right play most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> I think so too. I'll defer to his judgment. <laughs> I will not, uh, not, I mean like, would fans like to see him shoot a little more, even if it sometimes, you know, does get deflected or blocked? Probably. But once again, I will defer to his judgment as hmm. the best hockey player. I will say, though, that Earth. I, I do think that goalies have kind of caught on to like his, some of his sneaky shots a little bit. You know, he started shooting the puck more, like five hole and short side and stuff a lot last year. And I think goalies have kind of caught on to that a little bit. <laughs> it's not catching them as much. Number three, Columbus Blue Jackets, uh, one of only four teams in action tonight. They take on the New York Rangers, beat the Rangers in uh, earlier yeah. uh, earlier this week or over the weekend, I guess it was. Sunday? Um, yeah, <laughs> Sunday. That's right. Um, Blue Jackets currently sit last in the Eastern Conference, third last in the NHL overall. But a uh, bit of a positive note. I think when you look at this roster overall and the players they've assembled, they will have the biggest change in p- total points on the season from this year to next. Do we know what their point total was last year, Duke? Mm, I mean, that, look. you'd think that that would be a yeah. Well, they're they're bad. They're just bad. Yes, <laughs> but were they they were but okay? Like, so were how they... much of their team is young young players that them, continue yeah. to get more reps? You're better. saying from this season to this next season to season. next. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. From this season to next, so they'll have a better. They're going to get seventy points next year. You're saying or eighty? Well. <laughs> Like the Be difference. T- t- yeah, the difference. Like if they finish, like they currently have 48 points. If they finish this season with, I don't know, generously 60 or something like that, hmm. like I think they could push that up into the, the 80s or 90s. Like I'm, I'm not sure they're a playoff team because the Eastern Conference is obviously so You're difficult. even thinking more than Anaheim. <laughs> yeah, I'll take this. I'll take this one first. Okay, go ahead, yeah. Um, I'm out on this one. I think the Columbus Blue Jackets are a tire fire right now, and they <laughs> have been for a few years. I don't know. I mean, they finally fired their GM. I don't know what they're thinking, signing Johnny Hockey to that deal. And they Like, are they rebuilding? Are they trying to win? I, I don't know what they're trying to do, honestly. I think uh, Ottawa will have a bigger difference in points in the East. And like Kevin said, I think Anaheim mm-hmm. in the West as well. Yeah. I'm going to be out on this one as well. I, I, there's a lot of, you know, it could be Chicago. Maybe Chicago has a better year in there. I, I just don't like, when you look at the players they already have, Chicago has like four NHL players on the team. Even if you sign a couple okay. free agents, you're the, not even sniffing it. But uh. the difference is right now, 13 point difference between Columbus and Chicago, Chicago right now. more room for so there's more room is what I'm saying yes that's fair that's but I, I mean Zine, even like the Gaudreau thing of course is tough but it, he's not going anywhere and he's still a good player but Chinnikov Voronkov uh, Adam Fantilli Marchenko Ken Johnson Cole Sillinger like I, I we talked about this earlier this season but I think like that might make another change at head coach as well because like whoever comes into uh, <laughs> I can see that like yeah. obviously like new it's going to be a new GM he didn't hire well, I mean, he was... Uh, Pascal Vincent. Pascal Vincent was no. plan B anyway. Exactly. Right? And then, like, he might have been plan D. They, they shored up the blue line last offseason, which was supposed to help things, uh, you know, with Provorov and Severson. They're, they're not going anywhere. Wierenski's still a top-tier guy. So, like... I, it's a good point. You got a good, you got yeah, a good argument you here, do. Duke. You, you do. do. I, I just, like, the team is... I agree, Schlemmer, 100% a tire fire. But, like, the players are there. It's just a matter of putting it together. And the Sens are a decent choice, but... 
how many years have we been saying that for the Sens in a row now? Because and there's they're, once again they're last in the division. This yeah. is a team that sh- was supposed to make the playoffs this year. Fair. No, but, uh, uh, you make very good points. I'm only going on the merits that Chicago's worse. <laughs> that off. much worse, right? So now. they might be able to make up the. <laughs> I guess the 35 to 48 point differential. Yeah, and, and still and finish still, last in their division, yes. probably. Yeah, very fair. Very, yeah. very fair. Uh, we talked about this day last year being the Matias Ekholm train. This day in 2010, talked about it earlier in the show, Sidney Crosby scoring the golden goal to secure Olympic victory for mm-hmm. the Canadians in Vancouver. A uh, lot of great choices, of course, but and maybe this is just a generational bias, but as a singular moment, Crosby's golden goal sits atop Canadian hockey moments. You can go ahead, Schlemmer. This is your era. This is my era. Um, as as it being my era, I will say I'm in on this one. It's the top for me. Obviously, the Henderson goal, mm-hmm. the Summit Series is up there as well. But, um, yeah, for me, the younger generation, I'm going with Sid the Kid. As you could imagine, I'm out on this one. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it, it is. Henderson has scored for Canada. Yes, Foster Hewitt. And uh, we also had Brian Conacher on, remember? Yeah, Brian Conacher was doing the um, color commentary for that series. He was uh, our guest a, a couple of weeks ago. That's cool. No, um, for me, I'm out for for just this particular reason. And it's, it's not a generational thing. There were so many other storylines that came into play here. The, there was a political aspect, you know, it was it was communism. It was freedom. It was the sense where people in Canada, for the most part, I would say 99% of Canadian hockey fans thought that this was going to be a cakewalk. There were sports writers that said, I will eat my hat at center ice if the Russians were in one game. Um, I can't remember who that was. It might have been Dick Meadows, but I can't remember. Um, I would say that... 72 had uh, uh, you know in our, in our country and how we move forward and now again you never took the Russians for granted like a lot of people did look to the 76 Canada Cup yeah. I mean and then moving forward to 87 and I mean there were such great ones I, I think Sidney Crosby's goal is obviously a big big thing being 14 years ago but for me uh, the, the, the list for Canadian hockey that the singular moment is the Paul Henderson goal yeah, that's hard to argue yep. with. I do think in 2010, though, like I remember like being a pro and that was like, that was the Canada-U.S. final. Like everyone was starting to talk about like the U.S. has caught up with Canada. The U.S. has passed Canada. They're better now. So that was, yeah. that was a big win for Canada too. Oh, yeah. And like the 0-2 Olympic gold, like that team was out of this world yeah. loaded with you know hall of famers almost every team Canada is but there's not like a singular moment like i think the one that first comes to mind is lemieux letting the the yeah, pass kind of go pass. between the legs like <laughs> that's the goal everyone thinks of but like that game was kind of already in hand i thought he just caught an edge <laughs> whoops <laughs> <laughs> yeah if that was me i would have been trying i would have been yeah. leaning back with my skate to try and kick it up and then uh booted it back yeah. the other way and they would have scored on an odd man rush Oh, man, yeah, that was a sweet play, too. Because, like, oh, two, if you think about, it, like, 50 years without a gold medal at the Olympics or Canada, like, as a whole, that meant a lot to, to the nation, to the sport. But once again, the, the phrase, the singular moment, there's nothing mm-hmm. jumps out, right? So You know, the other, the other thing, too, and there's not a singular moment like it, but um, I did so many um, stories and things on the 52 Mercuries, and that's such a big story for our our hockey history in our country and and more so Edmonton because all the guys from Edmonton that were on that team I mean it was a big big thing and then to have 
Canada win 50 years later in 02 and yeah. to have those guys watch it that was amazing that's cool yeah Alrighty, and last but certainly not least, to wrap up in or out on a Wednesday, win out for supper or dinner if you prefer. And I don't think eat- you go out for supper. Sup- supper is the evening. <laughs> this might be this might be a question in and of itself. Supper is going the out evening. for supper, Schlemmer. <laughs> supper is the evening meal, but it's dinner. Isn't no, it? dinner is at one o'clock. That's lunch. No, <laughs> lunch is at four or five. It's a sandwich and a cup of tea. Are you from Saskatchewan? Yeah. Or no, that's a farming I'm, term. I'm from the sticks. Yeah. <laughs> well, how come there's no liner? Yeah, yeah. Seinfeld. There you go. It's Seinfeld pit. All right, fine. For the sake of for the sake of keeping you guys appeased, <laughs> went out for dinner. If there's more than four people in your party, uh, appetizers should be getting ordered for the table and not for the individual. Go ahead, Kev. Oh. I've won first a lot today. Okay, but but it's supper. It's not dinner. <laughs> <laughs> to me it's supper yeah I, i'm gonna be i'm i'm in on this one i'm in because i think at that point when you're having four people i think the start of your supper is <laughs> a lot of it has to do and not saying that it ends at this point but conversing and you're talking with the people around your table so i think you're trying to you know have that that group participation and so you're talking to them. Obviously, maybe you're, yeah, so you're all talking, you know, maybe maybe it's couples. Maybe it's all four people that are, you know, that came separately. But I still think that, yeah, you're starting you're starting your dinner off with a with trying to get everybody involved in corporation. Yeah. So I still think, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go. I'm in on this. When you have more than four people and you're ordering an appetizer, it should be for the whole table. Yeah, I, I'm in on this one. Hundred percent, too. Um, supper, dinner, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I'd say you go out for dinner. I've never said out for supper, but I don't know, whatever. Anyways, I'm in. Yeah. Um, I just want to try more food personally. Yeah. That's great. If you share them, you get to try more stuff and then you can play the credit card game. Not everyone has their own bill. You know, you might not have to pay for anything. Yes. So when like when you go for team dinners on the road and stuff, Schlemmer, did you ever have a teammate that was like the guy that he would just sit down and be like he'd order all the apps for he's like, yeah, this is what we're going to have. Bring out some of this, some of this. Or was it more like each guy kind of put in their choice and it, then it was a collective effort from there on out? Um, depending where you were, I would say usually like a collective effort. But if you were in a city where a teammate played before and knew a good spot and took you out and they'd know what to order. How often would the credit card game be played every time or i'd say like 50 percent, 80 80 80 90 percent of the time whenever you got a bunch of guys going if it was just if you just went with like two or three guys you'd maybe just pay for your own but whenever there's a big group so then it gets exciting yes (laughs) (laughs) okay let us know okay so would you take out one two three four at a time and how would you kind of go like to take it over the course of several minutes maybe you you know yeah, like when at the end of the meal you get a, yeah. a hat or something from like the server and everyone just puts their card in yeah. and you shake them around and then you just pass the hat around the table and one person takes out a card until there's one left so but did did you ever let the server do it was there ever yeah you know, oh yeah. yeah yeah for sure how many times did you get stuck oh at least a, a few yeah yeah <laughs> i i think i came out on top though yeah, say more than I had to pay. Do, do you know of one guy that was kind of more schlep rocky, like uh, had the bad luck more than others? 
Uh, you know what? I can't really think of a guy. Or um, even back to back. You, you just you, know. you always feel bad for like the young guys. Well, or, that, that's what uh, I was going to ask like you. Like call up of, of the times up. when you got it, was it ever when you were you know on a call up or maybe even like you know on the on the ELC still or something like that? Uh, on the ELC for sure. As a call up, um, I was in the Coyotes with such an older team mm-hmm. and like donor as captain, so they would never let you pay for stuff like that. Yeah, and then like I think there was always rumors and talk about. The rookie dinner's getting out of hand where oh, yeah. guys are ringing it up too much. Yeah, they can, for sure. I was <laughs> I was lucky to have Donor as captain. <laughs> <laughs> but I've heard some horror stories of yeah. guys having to, yeah, drop like 20 grand on mm-hmm. a rookie dinner. We should try that, Duke, going out for the uh, the 1440 uh, <laughs> shareholders <laughs> meeting one time. And uh, and then, well, I was, I was thinking like rookie dinner, then we just Donovan. stick Donovan the intern with that. <laughs> that would be great. Oh, wouldn't that be something, eh? Oh, I could just imagine the look on his face. <laughs> He'd really have to go to the tables to... Well, yeah, yeah, we'd, we'd go back to Century or something and be like, all right, here you go, Donovan, see you Monday. And then he'd have to like just go be playing the penny slots till he hits oh. the jackpot just to pay off the dinner bill or he'd be <laughs> washing dishes in the back for Renee. Yeah, so we went to Century on uh, Saturday for the uh, watch party, Schlemmer. Duke was there, uh, Connor was there with uh, his wife, and then uh, Donnie P, the intern. And, uh, you know, the the youngsters went to the tables in the intermissions mm-hmm. just to kind of go and see what was going on. Any luck? Uh, well, I had some pregame yeah. luck, but then when I went back to the second intermission, I flushed it all away. So I should just uh, stop with it back. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's a <laughs> donation. You know, I like to keep those places in business. So yeah. I'm a supporter of local business. <laughs> but we were trying to help. Donovan, the intern, along with some, I guess, tips, Duke. Here's a pro tip. Yeah, here's a pro tip. Oh, yeah. Oh, so, stinking it up at the blackjack well, table. I didn't wa- ruining it. Well, I, I saddled him. I, I said, I was like, Donovan, you're playing the end here. Like, you're, you're, on, the, you're on the end. I was like, you're going to eat a couple for me and this other guy here. And uh, But he, he, well, first of all, he ran out very quickly. He was exterminated from the table in pretty <laughs> short order. <laughs> But, um, oh. but he. But then when Kevin was asking about it, Kevin was like, "I bet you're a guy that stands on 16." And Donovan's yeah. like, "Without a doubt." <laughs> so you can just tell, like he doesn't have a sniff on the tables. Yeah. Oh well. Uh, we're back to wrap things up. We've got the Oilers lineup. The lines are going to look like very similar. We'll uh, talk about that with David Schlemko when we come back. Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right. Welcome back to the big program. Text coming in one 401 Kevin Carey, David Schlemko with you on a Wednesday morning. little nippy out there. And, of course, David Schlemko brought to you and powered by Cougar Paint and Collision, our family helping your family for over 40 years. Check out Cougar Collision. Uh, text from Rod. Imagine being the goalie with Wayne Gretzky and Mario Lemieux coming in on you. Two of the best players in the world. I think he's talking about the 87 Canada Cup, Duke. Larry Murphy driving the back post. <laughs> Good decoy. So, <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if he ever okay. thought he was going to get the puck. <laughs> okay. I, I mean... You've heard Wayne actually talk about that. He the, said he knew he was dropping it to Mario before they even crossed the I red get line. It, yeah, I, uh, yes. <laughs> but... Okay, Slammer, would you have... Okay, you're not Mario, and no one's Mario, but I, I think I'm still passing to Larry Murphy. I really... Like, he yeah. had a wide-open net. It was an easier play, easier shot, no? I, but you're Mario. I, I don't know. I'd have to, I have to watch it, and I never thought about that. Okay, honestly. well, if you look at it... The, the, He's got a tap-in back door. It's not even... Duke, don't you think? Like, if he was... Wide open, <laughs> and I mean it's an e- it's a way easier goal to 
to be scored than what Mario did picking pick top corner. And it's shot. not exactly like it's like Rod Langway driving the back post. Like it's Larry yes. Murphy, for goodness sake. He's <laughs> one of the best offensive D-men of the generation. Like, I've been saying this for years. I still, I think I would have passed even. <laughs> I don't know. I've never thought about that, honestly. <laughs> when you get a good look at it, look at it the next time and yeah. you'll go, I might have passed too. All right. Uh man. LB says, uh, Christ and the disciples didn't get together for dinner. It was the Last Supper. <laughs> so he's he's on the Duke side here. Yeah, but that didn't go very well, if I recall no. correctly. So maybe that's why they were kind of like a, um, a PR move to change it from supper to dinner yes. after that. I need some context on this. On like, what? On the supper dinner thing and... Well, why, I, why we I mean, I just, Duke, I think it's a farm thing. It's a small town thing. Supper. Yeah. You know. Yeah, like like my daily meals, like for the dairy farm specifically, you get up, you have a cup of coffee, maybe like a piece of toast out the door, you know, five o'clock or whatever. Do your chores, come back in at 10, 1030, have a, maybe like a night, uh, maybe bacon eggs or something like that. Then have dinner at one. That's lunch. lunch. Lunch at four, four or five o'clock, usually in the tractor I mean, if it's during the summer. So you're saying you have lunch at four? Yeah, so but it, like it's like a snack. It's, you have dinner, then lunch, then supper. Yeah. You, All right, I'm done. Lunch, <laughs> lunch is usually usually like somebody dropping off a, or maybe you pack it yourself if you're, uh, you know, you don't got a, a nice uh, kind lady yes. at home to make it up for you. My case, it was my grandmother. Thankfully, she what would, would you have uh, like an egg salad sandwich? No, like a salmon I, I'm not sandwich. A, no, I've discussed this a lot over the years, and I, I hate to complain about it because. She was kind enough to make them for me when I'd be like starving to death out in the hayfield. But it was just bread and a tomato. Well, that's okay. But think about this: if it would sit in the tractor cab for a couple hours when it's thirty degrees outside, a, you just, soggy. a hot tomato. <laughs> oh, if it was a real treat, I'd get a slice of cheese on there with it too. <laughs> you, but you need but the cheese was, underneath the tomato so it, was, it wouldn't soak up it into was the bun. So gross, like. <laughs> Uh, but I, you're I like, hungry, Duke. You're I working like, hard. I like tomatoes on burgers and sandwiches and stuff, but it's just the context of it. Getting warm, getting soggy, it, it was not good. But my usually I'd settle for liquid lunches. I like, man, in my heyday of my early teen years, I'd crush like a whole case of Pepsi in the, <laughs> in, in the tractor cab in the afternoon. <laughs> Jesus. Come on, Duke, man. A little sugar. I thought, he was well, yeah. see, I thought he was gonna see a case of beer. In my <laughs> early teens? Yeah. No. Early teens? No. Okay, when's the first time you had more than one beer? How old were you? I was 16. Yeah, oh. like first high school party, first year midget hockey, like team party. Oh, boy. Wow. After a big win. <laughs> Same. <laughs> yeah. For you, Schlemmer? Actually, no, no was, it was it was, so before, it was that. before that because I didn't have a license yet. So I like, I was, I think my sister, my older sister drove me to that party. I grew up on the north side of Edmonton. It's a little, a little earlier for me. Small <laughs> town Saskatchewan. I was twelve. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I don't doubt it. Twelve years old. Um, definitely junior high. <laughs> grade seven. Yeah. Uh, B Texan, you would have passed KK. Good thing you weren't on the team. Yeah. Well, there's no chance. Kevin of that. was the last cut. Yes. <laughs> Ear candy said, and this is very true. It was all made possible by Dale Howardchuck. Tackling a Russian defender, creating the three-on-one. Should have been a penalty. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Should have been a penalty all night and day. If it were the other way around, Canadians would have been and would still be livid. Oh, yeah. Would still be livid. I don't know. I was born in 87, so 
That was a big deal back then. Oh, that was a big thing. A little ways back for yeah. me. Everyone says those three games were the best, you know, that we've ever seen. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I can't argue with it. They were all five, four, six, five games, Schlemmer, like the best of three. Yeah. And you know the other thing, too, about it, and they were in Hamilton. And everyone, like, it was a brand new I, Cops Coliseum. People were, you know, obviously everyone came in from Toronto and stuff like that. But, oh, it, that 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 Canada deal. Cup was was big time. And Grant Fuhrer, our Tuesday co-host, again letting in five six goals a game, but the saves that he was making, yeah, like I mean the saves were unbelievable. Good hockey. Um, yeah, shoot us off a text one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. What's on the go uh, rest of the day, rest of the weekend, Schlemmer? Oh, not too much. Going for a meeting at noon. So sorry, can't be your D partner at the skate today. But, I got a uh, feeling that I... Uh, <laughs> he's going to get dinger <laughs> instead. He's going to get dinger. He's just going to be giving it to you the whole hour. <laughs> I'm kind of... there's. I kind of hope we're on the same team, but then I kind of hope we're not. Just because throw grenade passes in his boots the whole game. He just gives the stare down too, doesn't he? <laughs> I don't think there's a guy out there that hates playing with me you know more I like we, well, I like we have the chemistry us, yeah. yes yeah. we just have the chemistry read off each other well yeah. Sean Brown and Jason Strudwick are on record on the Jason Greger show mm-hmm. saying that they, well maybe not as much mm-hmm. Strudy but Brownie's saying he likes likes playing with you at uh, at the skate he says you never cross center ice <laughs> that's not true <laughs> but he's a D-man yeah <laughs> his side is center ice yeah. well I remember uh, years and years ago Brian Benning who's been on he was on with Gregor too uh, last a, week yeah yeah uh, when I first met him and we were doing events like this, he'd say, get ready for a lot of three-on-ones, big guy. <laughs> so, Brian Benning. He's yeah. got the Midget AAA Top Defenseman Award. I won the Brian Benning, Did Brian Benning Award. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was a great defenseman. Really good. Benji. Uh, thanks so much uh, to all our guests. Uh, Schlemmer, have a great day, great uh, rest of the week. Thanks, you as you well. got uh, NAX stuff on the weekend and coming up or what? Oh, yeah, I'm always watching hockey, you know. It's, I, I don't know how you fit it in. Between the sump pumping and everything else, it's just... <laughs> 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 That's all dealt with. Uh, thanks to Matt Larkin from the Daily Faceoff, Mark Spector, uh, Ben Pope, our guest today, uh, and Harner Ryan Singh got some great comments from all our listeners about um, uh, Harner Ryan Singh's story. And I mean, it's a hell of a story. He's got a great book out if you want to really uh, cool. check it out. Yeah, cool guy for sure. And then Chris Dingman came in studio. Uh, thanks for Chris for coming in. We'll see you in about uh, 45 minutes or so. <laughs> uh, tomorrow we will have uh, Ladislav Schmid in studio, hoping, I think we're going to have Devin Dubnik along for the ride tomorrow yes. as well. Uh, thanks for hopping in, Schlemmer. Appreciate it, bud. Thanks, Kev. All right. Uh, top of the hour, it is uh, Fantasy Frenzy with... The former Rochef T-Bird. Connor Alley and the Duke of Delburn. At uh, 12 o'clock, it is uh, the lowdown with uh, Alan Mitchell. 2 o'clock till 6, it's the Jason Greger, sto- Greger Show. Uh, driving home on 1440. Uh, thanks again for everybody uh, texting in. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here tomorrow at 7 o'clock. Uh, up next, it is Fantasy Frenzy. Before that, here is the Duke with a Sports 1440 update. Have a great day, everyone.